Listen to subscribe to the Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome everybody to Blurred Lines. This is your man Cam. With me as always is the Manchester United maniac known as Josh. <laughs> and it's the professor ready to enlighten you. <laughs> and we're here talking Guardian of the Galaxy 3. We all saw it. No, we, we sat on it for a good week, and now we can kind of go through it. It's uh, our, our man James Gunn's send-off to the MCU. Uh, yeah. and what a send-off it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as, again, I, I, I you know, I'll say it, say it multiple times, but I was at Marvel when, um, when Gunn got fired, and... What? We've never heard that story before. <laughs> And the the amount of chaos it caused, just in terms of just marketing and everything else, was retarded. Um, but it was also one of those things to show that, like, oh, you guys really didn't think this through, because you know, real previously on on the MCU, James Gunn was going to do this next, the fourth uh, Phase Four. He had already turned in his skeleton script of what he was thinking about in terms of making it more cosmic. He had, you know, had uh, rough plans of uh, Guardians Three, what that was supposed to be about. He had some a couple ideas in terms of spinoffs, not that kind of crap. But he had already started to put in the, the pieces together of what the phase four was going to be more focused on cosmic stuff and all that gun gets chopped. We all know what happens after that COVID this, that suicide squad, blah, 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 blah. Now, fast forward to where we're at now, you know, guns like, all right, I got one more in me left me from Marvel. Let me make sure I let these motherfuckers know. Exactly. So, you know, and plus at the same time, this came at a perfect time where, we keep carrying the overused Marvel fatigue thing and blah, 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 blah. Marvel's been a bunch of lackluster, mediocre films. God awful Ant-Man. Still mad at Ant-Man for making me say it, it's better than Captain Marvel. <laughs> I'm saying a lot for you. I'm just saying, I'm mad at the film. That is a tall drink of water yes. to drop down your throat. Um, But all that to say, we're back, Guardians. And uh, yeah, that shit was dope. <laughs> Yeah, another James Gunn success. So I actually took the liberty to go see it in Screen X, as he uh, said. That was like the best, the most optimal viewing experience. It was, it didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Like I, I got to tell you, I got to be honest. The audio is way crispy. Like it's bordering on loud, but not quite. And it's just way, way, way crispy. Outside of that, like there's definitely a definitive quality difference. I don't know that it's better. It's just qualitatively different. It operates in a different sound palette than Dolby Cinema does. But visually, I mean, there might have been like a slight difference in the docking ring fight scene, the, the big climactic fight, maybe. I mean, and uh, honestly, I know there was because I saw it in IMAX 3D and then saw it in the Screen X, which was not 3D. I guess that's the difference that I saw. At having a at least semi-trained eye, I would say I, I didn't see anything, like from a video standpoint. Mm. Um, but screw all that. That's a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think really, it was yeah. that aside. It was just a really fun James Gunn movie, and it was interesting to note he could have phoned it in. It could have been just you know some blase affair. It could have been up the middle. You know, it could have been a pitch right over home plate. Not really have to put in much effort or whatever. And that was a love letter to Guardians of the Galaxy fans, I would say. It was heartfelt. There are certain scenes that you just felt like in your gut. 
They really sold Peter Quill still in mourning over Gamora's death. Alternate universe, alternate timeline, Gamora did not give two shits about any of that. At all. <laughs> no, she didn't. I, and, and Zoe Saldana was great. Yeah, yeah she sold it really well. Being in not, you know, for someone who, in my opinion, can be sometimes vanilla, depending on the thing that she's doing. Oh, yeah. She was great. Like, she showed range. She really, she, she, she sold the idea that this was a completely different character, 100%. Yeah, yeah, and also adding to that, mm-hmm. what Gamora would be like, the Gamora that did hundred percent that didn't join that team. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. that's the whole point, but yep. you know, she changed obviously from being a daughter of Thanos to something different. But without that, this one having not gone through that process, you saw like okay, she would have been way more ruthless. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. And I think you wanted, and I think that's the thing I would say, you know, as a Guardians fan of comics, like I like that they had at least they got to let her rock out as like actual badass Kamora. Yeah. And and, and, that, and that actually was fun that they kept that energy for the whole film and actually like worked it out and like I actually liked that they didn't get back together at the end. I like I liked yeah. that they like yeah. she was like, no, dude, I, this is not. <laughs> yeah. not it. Not that story. And he accepts it. And, yeah, and you know, exactly. uh, that was dope too. Speaking of, of Quill, I think that James Gunn gave him a bit of, of redemption from the last film we saw him, the films we saw oh, him. And yeah. I don't know if it was mentioned in a movie or if James Gunn, if I saw something that James Gunn said, but I think the question had came up from a fan or fans about why didn't he wear a signature mask. And I think James Gunn's answer was, well, when Rocket was in trouble, he just he just got up and went. He didn't he didn't think to grab all of his usual doohickeys. It was like whatever he had on him and whatever's on the ship. Um yeah, exactly. And I also I like that he um, I don't think they mentioned that in the movie. I must have met that. Yeah, I think it was it was it was a James Gunn thing I read. And then I also like that, like, you know, it, he gave everybody something to do. Yes. So it's like, you know, Nebula had something to do. You got a little bit more, a little glimpse into that. You know, her and Rocket are kind of a thi- uh, a, a, t- a team. He, like, you know, Rocket upgraded her arm. So there's a reason why she's emotionally involved. And then Drax and Mantis, their uh, Abbott and Costello thing going back and forth was like, awesome. It was Mantis funny. had stuff to do. Yep. Yeah. Going back to Nebula, you know, I feel like he, that was one of the one things that, the Avengers movies kind of did right in terms of the Guardians yeah. development is yeah. when Rocket lost Quill, Drax, and Mantis, and you know, Nebula lost Gamora, you know, that brought them together. And, you know, we see the one where the scene where, you know, they he pats her that he grabs her hand. And so it that had started from way back, yeah. way back then. Even in Guardians 2, they kind of had a, a a thing together when when she uh, captures him for Taser Face. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and um, he's but, the greatest the greatest character in all of them. <laughs> yeah, um, but one of the things I liked about the movie, and I think that what I saw was, yeah, James gonna show Marvel what they lost and what they're lo- what they're losing because not only was that the best Marvel film of the last two phases. And that's saying a lot because I really liked No Way Home, but this was better in terms of part three. The villain was great. Have a uh, a plot that is layered, but at the same time, 
if he's a mad scientist, let him be a mad scientist. This is an alien with with a with no morality. He's amoral, <laughs> and and the high evolutionary and the act, uh, the actor who plays him uh, did. Uh, I mean, wow! I thought Volume Two delivered a great villain in Ego, and I thought because Ego was unpo- unapologetic when he told Quill that he killed his mother, and again, there's layers to that. But it doesn't change the fact that ego is a villain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and so there is there is a continuation of that where you see that Gunn's trilogy will always stand out when you look at the overall tapestry of the MCU. Not only because of his ingenuity in creating his own sort of authorship in this sort of machine, his films still look like Marvel Cinematic Universe, but they, they feel like James Gunn's movies. They were their exactly. own they were their own thing for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, like and James, that wasn't James yeah. Gunn was playing in their universe, not like they were playing in his. And I think like the other thing too, back to the villain aspect of it. Yes. Like, like we were we get we know we said this all the time. Can we can we just get a villain that's a villain? Like, yo, he's he it's like this is what I do. This is what I did. This is what I'm gonna continue to do. I'm not trying to change. I have no moral aspect of it. I give zero fucks. I just have a goal that I'm trying to attend to. Mm-hmm. Y'all in my way. That's it. And also, it, it worked because here's a character who's traumatized one of the protagonists. Yep. Who who has who Real. lives in his head, not mm-hmm. just not just a you know Rocket. When you think about it, Rocket in the present tense of the show doesn't come face to face with the high evolutionary until the very last act mm-hmm. the fact that he haunted rocket's memories from the very beginning of the very opening the of the in a half hour of the the film that's again that's villainy it's mm-hmm. villainy on a level that casts dread trauma creates obstacles that become psychological you are not rooting for the high evolutionary we want him to get us to come up mm-hmm. at the end you know we want to see rocket beat him more recent comic book films with the exception of a few now guardians you know the batman the villain is just toothless or or he's too sympathetic and i want to i want to talk for a second about the job that shakudi uji did oh there you go i knew someone was going to try to do the pronunciation right good job there you go there you go um fun fact he was in john wick too i totally forgot about that he was in john wick too he was Yep, and in Barry, I saw him. I remember him. I remember him from Barry, but I didn't know he was in John Wick too. I had to look that up. But anyway, but anyway, but I want to talk about how over the years in the comics, the High Evolutionary has almost never been, well, has always been a very anticlimactic mm. sort of villain. Yep. You know, if if you know that he's entering the frame and you know that he's going to be the main villain, it's kind of like this hyped up thing. And then when thing actually happens, you kind of like. <laughs> you know, the high evolutionary has never been, he's always been uh, 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 a puzzle kind of guy. He's never been, not not like, you know, Riddler kind of way, but in like a, in a, in the grand tapestry of, I guess, humanity, never, ne- certainly never a space villain, like never, never yeah. who's he's... been cosmic and never on the scale that James Gunn built him up to. Yeah. And, and Chuck Woody and Woody just infused this character with all this stuff. I said his name twice, by the way. 
You did him wrong. You did. He infused this character with all his personality, all the stuff that's not there in the color. Let me just outright say that. But High Evolutionary is boring. Yeah. He's a B t- he's a he's a B B level X Men character. Yeah. I would say C level, but usually when he comes in, it's a kind of a bigger theme. It, it, but it's it, a broad scale. It, it is yeah. broad scale in the same way that they made him broad scale in Guardians, but not nearly as yeah, the right. he's is not like a, he, he's like I'm trying to perfect life on Earth, and this dude is like I'm trying to perfect life everywhere, right? <laughs> everywhere on every planet. I even made a a, a fake Earth just to test it, right? <laughs> like, yep. And, and and this and that's the part that we liked the most was like one scale. Yeah. Two, he was just like, oh, this ain't gonna work. I'm about to blow this whole thing up. And and just kill the planet. <laughs> you know, and and speaking of that. James Gunn using the time that he has in that two hours made us care about those freaky little creatures on the on oh, on yeah. Earth, counter Earth, on counter Earth, and we cared about them. So when the the high evolutionary is just like, ah, oh, this is gonna be a failure. It, it's just like a you you're watching a scientist, a mad scientist, use the galaxy as his laboratory. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't get more villainy villainous than that. And yep. when and when the experiments who have grown and evolved and created lives are just not what he wanted, boom. It's like the ultimate commentary on the God complex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that, you know, again, it, it went to a point of villainy that we've been asking for for a long time. Where it's just like, yo, man, he legit is evil. <laughs> There's no, there's yeah. no smidgen. Of good. There's no backstory. Yep, we don't no. know what we don't know what his deal is. We yep. don't know why he wants to perfect yep. life everywhere in the universe, and it doesn't matter. Nope, does right. not matter at all. And I, it's one of those things where, to Gunn's credit, he showed how well it could work. Because yeah. now, you, now you start thinking about the other villains. What if Thanos really was like Thanos in the comics? I want to kill a bunch of people because I'm in love with death and I'm trying to win her favor. End of story. Yeah. That's End really that's it. That's my whole thing. And every time I kill billions of people, I go back to death, and death is like, <laughs> and and for thirty yeah. years, that's been my jam. No, yep. I do. That's what I always do. And I, I add as much power to myself as I as I possibly can. He's like that. That was the Before one thing. End. Come on, man. After Hella, that's when I was like, okay, all of these villains are like not as powerful and ruthless as they are in in the coming and obviously we know disney is disney right it's like forger is forger disney is disney and 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 so you're not gonna because it was a surprise to me that they at least that they depowered thanos as much as they did yeah uh you know like to make it like there's like in the i would just rewatch, and it's just as bad the next time around but dr strange or multiverse uh uh, madness Agree to disagree. I won't go too far into it because we're we're talking about <laughs> Guardians three here. But yeah. the 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 point I was making is that in that they showed that they the Illuminati defeated Thanos, and I was just like, man, does Thanos get taken down that easy all the time? Like, yeah, yeah. It, usually, it's harder. It's tougher. Yeah, but, no, that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. I would say like yeah, usually when Thanos gets taken down, it is pretty epic in terms of how. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, he does lose a lot, but right, he always has a lot, but it's in a big, you know, kind of a way. And I think you're right. I think, you know, again, uh, watching, you know, Guardians with Higher Evolutionary, then, then going back to say Ant-Man, where you're like, yo, if 
Majors had a, a gun script. Lala G. Woo! <laughs> oh, yeah, because I and, and I and I just watched that. The yeah, I, I we watched that uh, when it came when it hit uh, Disney Plus, and Major sure left some damage. No, I'm saying Kang should have left left them more damage than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. supposed to be the big bad of for Majors for the performance that Majors gave and what he infused that character with, like the menace that he infused that character with. I fully expected someone to die. I expected yeah. someone to get. I, I expected there to be more consequence for his presence in the film. Yeah, and, and again, I had the same feeling when we hit the end of the film and, you know, the portal closes after Hope shows back up and the two of them take down Kang, they should have been stuck. They should have been stuck. The portal should not have just magically reopened because somebody hit a few buttons on the other side. There should have been consequence. There should have been post-credit scenes where we see them still stuck trying to get home and a portal opens, but it's the wrong place and they don't want to go through, so they don't go through and like there needs to be yeah. consequence to someone of Kang's stature and for the performance that Jonathan Majors infused into that character. Or all is whatever he's got going on personally, that man poured everything into Kang. Yeah, and like I mean, even it could have just killed off uh Hank and, and Janet, and then that would have been at least some type of consequence. Well, one of them. Yeah, like it's but you're right. We just got back. We just got back, Janet. So kill up Hank. It yeah, meant, like it something. Mean. But yeah, you're right. It, it it's just one of those things where I'm like, I think it was uh PETA, the PETA organization was like Guardians of the Galaxy Three. It's one of the greatest uh animal rights campaign movies of all time. Oh, these <laughs> both. You I mean, it's, but uh, it's a credit to James Gunn there that you go human, that you can appease one, arguably one of the most unhappy, irascible organizations <laughs> on the planet. You know, and, and I mean that to say that they're very difficult to please. Like they're and to be even fairer, what they support, it's hard to it's hard to pull off in a world where people don't give a toss about animals. And I think that's the the whole thing is like it's refreshing to see animals treated with the reverence that. Yeah humans often trivialize yes james gunn turned they are sentient creatures like we are but at the same time when we know that as far as we know there's no animals that have our level of sentience but at the same time does that mean that they're worthless and i think james gunn presented that that leitmotif very 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 well with Mm -hmm. with with, uh the depiction of how the animals are treated um, both the good and the bad in in, in the movie, because there are, there are laboratories right now that ha- that where their science is not high evolutionary level, but who apathetic yeah. apathetically experiment on animals, and so and you know so it's not a a, enti- a thing that's totally out of fantasy. Yeah, and also you know the plot is very simple, right? My best friend is in trouble. Yep. I need to figure out how to save him. Yeah, and, and they I- do it as a family, and yep. and that's yeah. always been. The theme of Guardians. Each movie, they add more to the motley crew that they have, you know. And, and, and the, curious, but that's a different review. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a whole one that I'm not even going to touch. I don't. What'd you say just now? But no, <laughs> it was great to see that in the end, it was a full story. He didn't phone it in. It hit all the markers, and it's it was just an enjoyable two hours of of superhero 
yep. hygiene, storytelling, but in on the cosmic level, everything that we had seen previously, them setting up base on nowhere, nowhere has been present in the Guardians canon since the very beginning, and it also obviously crosses over from the comic books. Will Potter as uh, Poulter as uh, as uh, Adam Warlock, Adam Warlock hey. as the Warlock. It was like different it. from what I what I expected and what definitely 180 degrees away, tell 720 away from uh from what's in the comics. I thought so because it, I, I read the sorry, I just wanted to add I read the Infinity Gauntlet and I was like, man, he's totally different than the yeah, Adam yeah. Warlocker, but I haven't read a lot of so books with I, Adam Warlocker. Yeah, so I would say they took most of the time, I would say nine times out of ten, Adam Warlock's usually like a overly wisdomy type dude. Kind of yeah, comes in sort of back and watch. Like his whole thing is I can't get involved. Yeah, machinations. Yeah. He's like a, a watcher, like Giles from Buffy, kind yeah, of. Yeah, like very much so. And he yeah. and he has pretty omnipotent like power sets, mm-hmm. but there are like like one to three stories where he's kind of in a like his after, usually it's after he gets killed multiple times as always. Um, <laughs> But uh, usually it's after that where he's kind of almost like a childlike thing where he has to kind of relearn stuff all over uh, again. So they kind of went that route, which honestly, just born. Yeah. Uh, and so honestly, that's actually kind of a smarter route to go purely because then if, if you got Adam Warlock, if it gauntlet Adam Warlock, then this oh, would be a whole yeah. different move. Yeah. And then they, they, and at that point, they might have just made him the villain. That would have just been a lot of better. Yeah, I would think he wouldn't be taking the orders from the high evolution. Exactly. <laughs> he wouldn't be taking, yeah, he wouldn't be taking orders from anybody. His, exactly. And he'd kind of be the like. There, there's a uh, uh, an issue of the Silver Surfer right before Infinity Gauntlet, if I remember correctly, where he's sort of guiding. No, it, it is an Infinity Gauntlet when the big attack. When the heroes attack Thanos, uh, they realize yeah. he's got the Infinity Gauntlet, and um, the heroes were used as a distraction, if I remember correctly. Yep, they were used as a distraction so that Silver Surfer could get his moment to snatch the gauntlet and bring it back to Adam Warlock, so he could scatter the 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 Infinity Stones. Yeah, he he's the one who tells Silver Surfer the precise millisecond to strike, and of course, it doesn't work. But he's that guy. He's yeah. the guy behind the guy behind the guy. So mentioning that, because I want to hone in on that, the movies transfer that dynamic to Doctor Strange and Iron Man. Yes. Agreed. Exactly. Okay. That's And that's what they basically did. They basically were kind of like, um, as they started to shift around, you know, intelligence, I'm going to put it that way, mm-hmm. um, they kind of put the mechanisms to, uh, or some mechanism, machinations to Doctor Strange. They put the they kept Tony Smart Tony Stark smarts. Um T'Challa Smarts went to Shuri. Thanos went from kind of like evil manipulator to evil ish. <laughs> you know. Right. To more uh despot. I, yeah, I would yeah, say more yeah, despot. Yeah, despotic. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And then so then Adam Warlock's character, how he would fit in because he literally would be like, yeah, like a, a nigh empower uh uh omnipotent, you know, telepath, super smart super wisdom so that a keeper of the soul stone yeah like it, it's, a, it's the, basically you know, a god yeah so they took and then they took the soul stone yeah. they took yeah. the soul stone and they gave it to vision instead of having it into adam warlock they kind of broke up adam warlock's kind of role within the finity gauntlet yeah. it's a different people so it kind of makes sense they they put him as a childlike because if you were going to go forward you have a younger actor learning the ropes 
da, 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 da. and the character's the same way, right? He was only born five days ago. He's learning new experiences. Hey, why did you save me? Da, 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 those types of things. So I think in the context of the overall story, the way they did Adam Warlock was actually pretty smart. Um, and I even like the fake out of like them at the, at the very beginning of him being that, you know, punching everybody and picking, yeah. beating up everyone. That was dope because it mm-hmm. kind of, right? It just got it out the way. Like we've been hearing about this from for a while and then he shows up, he does wreck shop. But then at the same time, you're like, oh, wait, that's a fake alley. He's not the main guy. Then kind of go cheap more. So that was smart. I thought that was really smart. Yeah. And I, I guess I would think that Gunn probably scaled it back a little bit, considering that this will, this is this is it for him. Yeah. So why, yeah. you know, you can see that in 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 the treatment of, of that character. Yeah. Um, I open up a can of worms that you can't close. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And and I'll say one more thing about the high evolutionary. One criticism I had, and this is carrying over from Ant Man. I hate those undefined villain powers where he, where, oh, I, yeah, that, um, where it looks, it, it to yep. me, what he was doing looked exactly like what Kane did in Ant Man 3. I mean, there were some differences, obviously, but, and he at some point says that, you know, his, his abilities got mm-hmm. control all over gravity yeah, or something like this. He also augmented it. Yeah, yeah. So he says it, and that, and that's fine. I think that's why, um, willing to be like okay that's that's understandable but mm-hmm. so, some of these villains powers are so undefined that it, they just visually even look the same yeah and honestly that's the that's another comic trope because both kang and high revolutionary kind of have similar power sets but right. they're and they're not anything that's like drastically defined right so like right. They have, they have the basic villain, you know, superhuman strength, telekinesis, flight, blah, blah, blah. But there's nothing really, like, super dra- – like, high evolutionary's powers is, you know, being a mad scientist. and, and yeah, being right. Super, super, super intelligent. Yeah, yeah. He made to himself, but more importantly, to a whole whole species of, of right. Yeah, exactly. So his power, his quote-unquote power really is I have a, a an invulnerable suit. I manipulate people, manipulate animals into my little playthings, and then you know. So I think in that respect, you're 100 percent correct because it was that's a more of a comic flaw of you know kind of almost having that boilerplate villain power set, which they could have expanded on now, which would have been a little bit better if they would have just said, "Look, you give them magnetism or something like that, just whatever." It didn't like you said, it could have been anything. It just make it different from the other black guy that has power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think in this case, like thinking about what you guys just pointed out, I think. Gun shows all those things. Why, you know, again, he used he he loaded an entire planet with um, a failsafe to destroy it on the on his command. You know, that's power. It's not mm-hmm. combat power, but it's power and it's it's epic power. Yeah, so yeah. I think he he showed in different ways because we didn't we weren't going to get a, a epic fist fight between Rocket and the High Evolutionary. We got that via Drax and and Adam Warlock. And by the way, thanks to Gunn for salvaging Drax. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That was actually, yeah. that would be the other thing I would say. It was like, one, he gave everybody something to do. Two, this just shows how badly written the other Guardians were in the other movies. Yeah. And yeah. he just, it's like, it, like, like you said, the, the one good thread from the other movies into this one was the uh, rocket and nebula type situation? They kind of fleshed yeah. that out, which is dope. Mm-hmm. Other than that, any other guardians in any movie was fucking horrible. It yeah. was stupid, <laughs> silly, slapsticky to the point where it's just kind of like, okay, what's going on? Like, you know, at least Endgame was a little bit better, just because you know you had some good, good uh, rocket and Thor mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. But like, 
and um and Nebula and and uh and Gamora were cool, but you're right. Like Jax is like the big dumb oof oof type of situation. Yeah. And which is weird because that's literally what Drax used to be when he first got um, created in the comics, like seventies, eighties. Actually, almost up until you know what? I take the back. Always, I would say all the way up until the two thousands, he was kind of like this. The lump, he's basically a dumb Hulk as, as yep. at that point. Giant lump, and then designed, um, designed to kill, basically designed to kill Thanos. Yep. And then by the time, by the time you roll around to the early two thousands, Thanos has completely eclipsed. Where he was when Drax was in was was, was created to so, yeah like, exactly. But what's, what's your point again? So then what they did was uh I think it was Abnett and Lanning they were, they started this so this whole this incarnation of the Guardians is off of their 2008 book I think or 2006 book mm-hmm. um and so they kind of reimagined the Guardians as kind of like this this team now and then one of their big thing contributions they totally retooled Drax and they were just basically like what if Drax is a uh, you know, a basically an alien Punisher at this point. <laughs> and then it actually worked way better because it gave him a more of a like, yo, my family got killed. I'm going to kill this. I've been training my whole life for this. And he actually was like smart, you know, you know whatever. And so at least, and, and I think they went, once the uh, Guardians 2 came up until now, Drax has just been like, oh, he's the big oof, uh, oaf that just has like the one-liner jokes or mm-hmm. you know, silly things like that. And it, it didn't really have any contributions. Where in this one, it shows a little bit more range, and at least he got him a solid, like you know, uh, send off. I should say. I couldn't stop laughing when uh, Mantis called him stupid, and uh, I, he said, "You think I'm stupid?" <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I say Dave Batista has grown so much as, as a as oh, one hundred percent. I was recently watching a few of his old WWE matches. And I was Man, that dude was was just a hidden talent under underneath all underneath all of that that muscle, man. Like he mm. he he definitely he makes you get into what he's doing, no matter what it is. And I thought that was a good send off and and revitalization of both Drax and Mantis. Yeah, like, exactly. And Ma- yeah, and then Mantis in the books is drastically different, which is like, oh, you know, yeah. and so I think that they did a good job. Ethereal and like yeah, they did a pretty good job of kind of like giving them both something to do making it matter and then actually kind of bringing it home. So now with, now that gun is done his send off, he's out, he's off to DC to make his DC millions and now piss off a whole nother generation of comic book fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might as well get ready for that because you're one. Yep. I mean, and that one other thing I like too, is like out of everyone that's a, uh, that interacts on social media, that is of level of uh, a director um, him and Christopher McQuarrie are probably the, my two favorite oh, yeah. directors that interact on Twitter for two reasons. One, they give zero fucks, and two, <laughs> they actually will give good information. <laughs> like, and, yeah, it, and, and it's the most question they will answer you. Their interactions on Twitter and social is really cool because it's leveled. It's kind of just like answering the question. It's never heated. And I like that, you know, people, you know, they get into their high horses of, you know, they're gossiping and, uh, oh, I heard that this and that. And then Gunn will be like, nah, man, that's, this is actually my movie. That's not what happens. <laughs> and I laughed at, and I laughed that he keeps that cadence with pretty much any mm-hmm. question. And it, it just, it just t- it takes the wind out of every gossipy, like mm-hmm. overly rumory, like a uh, fanatic where you're like, dude, man, why don't you just like let the man work? Like, let him cook, dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah, nobody should be talking about hating anything that's 
coming from DC yet because it hasn't happened. The only, exactly. I mean, the only thing you can really hate right now is the Flash and maybe Aquaman when it drops. But other than that, you can't really hate anything. They have a plan. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do because so far he's he said the right things. He, mm-hmm. He's he's shown that he understands long term storytelling and he's given already four really well done comic books because even for all his flaws the suicide squad was pretty fun and very much true to that cat crop of character their psychopaths who who got caught by 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 the superheroes and then this genius super spy is is has has put them to work yep exactly but yeah you're right i think i think gun i think dc eh, they're pretty pretty good at your hands man that's the gun, gun's yeah, like oh what i got freedom and a budget this is gonna be fun <laughs> mm-hmm. hi guys <laughs> oh sneaking in from the back door i thought this podcast was about puppies and positivity <laughs> yeah we're doing final words <laughs> yeah no uh <laughs> final words uh it sounds like dc went down the toilet uh, no, well, it did. It did for a couple things on this one. Yeah, we put them in the toilet, but then again, we 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 put Marvel in the toilet a little bit too. I think. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah, you missed yeah. you, you missed, missed that part. part. You missed uh, that part. So, so here's my final word for the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I saw it. Very decent. Uh, written decently. I'm not saying it was written awesome, but it was it had. I wasn't mad at it. I, I came out of there. I uh, was like, Yo, this is cool. I dig it. They left it open for other stuff if need be. But at the same time, if they ended it there, I was fine. Still a little bit too long. And I still hate that I have to sit through the credits if I'm not involved with it to see any extra stuff. Because, you know, if you watch Marvel, you got to wait through that. And I hate that Marvel has got me to the point where I am there for the full two and a half odd hours to see a few clips. However, with that said, movie was solid. Probably a top ten movie out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I got to sit with it a little bit more to really rank it, but it was decent. I, I feel like that was a solid movie. That's my uh my my last thought of the day. That's our Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, it's a good movie. We're happy that it was actually get returned to the quality of the MCU of old, Um, and it was a good send-off to Gunn. I think Gunn really wanted to make sure he put a stamp on MCU before he bounced out. And, um, yeah, that's about it, guys. Uh, peace. Peace. Peace.